the designer would come out and she would literally look at you, scan you like you're a fucking object, right? And then she would be like, uh, oh, no black people here. my friends and welcome to it's a me uncensored where I'm gonna give you my uncensored truth from my balls straight into your beautiful faces <coughs> Jesus Christ what the fuck's happening <coughs> that was a good one I might leave that in there <laughs> that's a beautiful intro and if I haven't scared you away with that intro yet welcome to the channel make sure to subscribe to the channel it's new it's my second channel and here it's gonna be a less edited version of myself it's just gonna be a platform where I can express myself without an algorithm and I can just talk about whatever I want it's gonna be about modeling it's gonna be some story time, some comedic stuff, but it's all raw, truthful, visceral, and it's gonna be stuff that nobody else out there has the balls to talk about. And in this video for episode number one, to give you an idea who I am, what I've been doing, I'm gonna tell you my full uncensored modeling story. Some details I've never mentioned before, so make sure to watch until the end. And again, I'm just gonna say it again and again, subscribe to It's Me Uncensored. So in case you don't know who I am, my name is Mario. I've been making YouTube videos full time for the past five, six years, traveling all around the world, making crazy experiences, and I also have a main YouTube channel, Mario Adrian. And so many people on the YouTube channel always ask me, hey Mario, how did you actually become a model? So I'm gonna take time in this video to literally go from my first modeling experience, how I became a model, my first jobs, the struggles in between, the best moments, the worst moments, my favorite jobs, also some very negative things with sexual harassment and also my outlook and how I see modeling in the future, if it's gonna be part of my life and what my life strategy and plan is and any tips for people who might want to become models, right? So let's start at the very beginning when I was still a little boy, right? I'm still a little boy. I'm a 12 year old at heart. But when I was younger, I grew up in the Black Forest. It's a town of like a couple thousand people. You know, literally I was milking cows for uh, not a living, but like just for my dad when I was younger, you know, I, I had the, the uterus in my hand and it was beautiful. You know, it was a very grounding experience. I always feel like growing up in a small town makes you more grounded because if I'd grown up in LA, sometimes I always wonder what would my life have become if I'd grown up in Los Angeles or New York? I guess I would have explored my creative energy way earlier but that way I was milking cows I was working at a German brewery carrying beer bottles for like nine hours a day for six dollars an hour right so that was my experience it grounded me for when I came to LA and stuff to be a more humble person I would say right so if you're in a small town don't worry about it there's always positives and negatives to every place you grew up in right so in my place the negative thing is that there's no modeling industry nothing you could do and honestly it never even crossed my mind to actually become a model when I was younger because I was a nerdy kid I was playing video games full-time I was playing Warcraft 3 I don't know if you know the strategy game but I was literally doing audio comments I was in a clan I was on TeamSpeak I was a little fucking nerd playing like eight nine hours a day but then all of a sudden I went to Peru when I I was 15 years old it was for a student exchange and then I realized how much you can explore and learn once you start traveling and you get out of your comfort zone you know I was in Germany small town went to Peru I had to learn Spanish in one year and also I learned Taekwondo I was never a really athletic kid not at all but then I did Taekwondo and I was pretty good at it you know the father of my host family was a Taekwondo coach and I always loved Taekwondo I loved all these kicks but I never even considered doing it myself you know I never thought I'd have the power to do anything right but then I did Taekwondo and I had my first ever fight and I realized how I was fighting there and I hit the guy in the head and I was like that feeling of working towards something and beating the shit out of somebody 
made me feel good. Not because I'm a violent person, but just because I realized I can do things if I work hard on them, right? So I came back to Germany and my body was in pretty good shape. You know, I had a little bit of a six pack after working out. So I took some pictures, put them up on Facebook. And then all of a sudden, a photographer on Facebook reached out to me in Germany. He was like, hey Mario, do you want to do a photo shoot with me? You know, again, I wouldn't have had the confidence back then because I went to Peru. I realized that, you know, I just have to get out of my comfort zone, do things that scare me. So I went on that photo shoot. I was so fucking insecure. You know, I was in front of the camera. I was in Cologne, Germany, and I was so fucking awkward. I felt like I was not pretty, you know, and I didn't know how to look at the camera. I couldn't smile. I looked like a fucking serial killer. But some of the pictures actually looked pretty sexy, and the photographer uploaded some of them on a group on Facebook called German Male Models. And some scout from New York City was on that platform, saw my picture, and texted me, Hey, Mario, you're beautiful. You should come to New York to become a model. Mind you, at this time, I was studying in Germany. I was going to become a chemist. I was very good in school. I was going to, you know, do the academic route. I actually also applied my Taekwondo knowledge of like working hard to school so I had very good grades I was gonna get like scholarships study in Berlin all this shit right and then he told me he should come to New York and again I thought to myself listen Mario you have a choice to do something that scares you you don't know anybody in New York you've never been there this guy might be a scam you don't know anything but I knew that if I didn't do it I would always kick myself in the butt for not having the balls to do something that's uncomfortable so I just fucking Flew to New York, spent all my money. I didn't have a lot of money. I had like $2,000 on my bank account. Flew to New York, slept at his couch in Harlem, New York City, like upstate New York. And he started to introduce me to some photographers and we organized some test shoots. A test shoot is basically a photo shoot where you don't pay a photographer, but you both create pictures for his portfolio and for your portfolio. Because if you want to apply to a modeling agency, you need a portfolio of pictures that you can show them, right? I actually still have some of my old modeling portfolios here. That's what it looks like. You show them to casting directors and then they choose if they want to book you for a modeling job. And I realized while I was shooting with all these photographers that I loved shooting. I was getting more and more confident, right? And I also loved meeting those people. I loved staying in New York City and I had a great time. And in the beginning of my modeling career, I thought, yo, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna be making a lot of money, right? So I didn't stop my studies in Berlin. I still kept studying there, but I decided to go to New York Fashion Week every couple of months. You know, the New York Fashion Week, my first season, I actually got some jobs. And the first job I had, first runway show ever, they put me in very tight white Speedos where you actually could see the, my visible penis line. Fuck, I said penis again. It, it doesn't matter, it's uncensored, right? I, I, You could see pretty much everything and I was in a huge warehouse like in Hudson Yards, New York and all of a sudden I had to focus on the walk because it was like an H-shaped walk. I had very high boots on, fake extension hair and also at the same time I'm trying to think of something nice to make my package look bigger, right? And uh, I'm a grower. That was one of the first challenges in, in modeling and uh, that's also when I realized that modeling can a lot of times be a little bit sexualized, right? And I was cool with it. I mean, I, I love working out. I love also showcasing my body in a way. I was never a very sexual person, but I realized that it's just part of the job. It's something you don't question. It's just something you are born into. You know, you get to the industry and it's something that's unspoken that everybody does, right? It's a very sexualized industry. People say sex sells, and that is very true for modeling as well, right? Then at, at one point after I went to New York, they sent me to Asia, to Singapore, and that was probably one of my best markets because in Singapore, there's less competition but the production the magazine covers you can do and all that stuff is amazing and I 
love being there. If you're a model in Singapore, you also have so many perks. Like I remember, I, I would bring my comm card, you know, that's a comm card you show to uh, casting directors at castings. I would bring that comm card to some hotels or beach clubs and they would literally let me in for free just because I'm a freaking model, right? So every Sunday I would go to this beach and all the models would be there and you would be like almost like a, a better class citizen in Asia because there's less Western looking people. So I felt very special and a big part of modeling is definitely the validation you get from modeling. I mean, I would lie if I didn't like being photographed or being admired or being put in a magazine. On some level, you always get validated by those experiences. And I really enjoyed that. And modeling went, I, it, I took off like a rocket ship and it went up and up and up. And I was making some money as well. Not as much money as most people think though, because people think if you're a model, you're like freaking uh, live the glamorous life, you know, go to all these parties. And part of it is true. But the reality for like 85% of our models is that you are living in a model apartment. And that's one thing I realized when I came back to New York, I was living in a model apartment again with seven people people sharing one freaking bathroom in Brooklyn, New York. There was literally, now not just, this is not a metaphor or something, there was a fucking rat walking in our kitchen one day after I was meditating, but I was cool with it because in New York City, I'm never home, you know? I'm always running around the city, bringing carrots all the time because I was broke as fuck. Even though I was making money doing modeling jobs, I had to pay for my visa. Uh, your agency pays for some flights, they pay for your accommodation, but they only advance it. So basically it gets deducted from the jobs you do. So sometimes you get a job, you know, a modeling job sometimes pays like maybe a thousand dollars for a regular e-com job per day for Bloomingdale's. I was working a lot for Amazon, Bloomingdale's in New York, Puma, all this stuff. And they pay me a thousand dollars, but of these thousand dollars, uh, maybe you see half of it because you have to pay for your accommodation flights, you pay your agency a commission, you have to pay them to print your portfolio and your comm cards, all that stuff. So there's a lot of uh, deductions. And if you want to make money with modeling, it's very difficult. You really have to hit it hard in order to actually uh, make it. But I was cool with that, you know, I'm a freaking optimist, so I thought it was only gonna go up from there, you know, because once you do a job, you meet more people, you get more exposure, and I thought, hey, in a couple of months or something, I'm gonna hit a big campaign that's gonna pay me like $25,000, $30,000, but that didn't happen. And then I went to Milan and you know, there's markets that suit you, like especially New York for me was always a good market. In Asia, I always worked very well. But in Milan, you have no idea how fucking competitive this place is. You know, when I went there as a model, I did a full documentary about Milan Fashion Week there as well. I went to the Armani casting and first I thought, oh my God, I'm requested for Armani. But being requested for Armani means you're one of literally, I'm not speaking figuratively, Literally, there are 400 people, 400 models waiting in line at like 9 a.m. at the Armani Villa Mansion or something in Milan to get in. And once you get in, there's a line of that goes like to the second floor of the building, goes around one block around Milan. There's just male models standing there. So I walk in there, you know, and like the casting directors of Armani are standing there and I'm just walking and they just say, uh, ciao, grazie, you know. Nice to see you, we'll see you soon and you'd never fucking hear from them ever, ever again, right? So you wait in line for two hours to be seen for literally, I mean not like literally you walk for five seconds, they tell you you can go home, right? They don't even look at your portfolio and that's a little bit discouraging. That's what happened in Milan to me. I was all of a sudden I was getting rejected left and right. I remember one story and if that happened now, I could probably cancel them because it's a very current thing. I remember one casting director in Milan, we were going through and it was a request cast and there were also hundreds of models. The designer would come out and she would literally 
look at you, scan you like you're a fucking object, right? And then she would be like, uh, Louis C, Louis non, which means him yes, him no, right? And she would like go through, scan you, like you like it, it, you felt very objectified, like literally objectified, right? So she would walk through and there was one dude, my friend Malik, he was black. He still is black, I think his color hasn't changed since then. And she points at him and she goes like, oh, no black people here. So in modeling, a lot of times it's just about the look and it's, very questionable what happens there sometimes, but in fashion, I feel like those designers, they're so above everything that you can just say whatever you fucking want. And if I had that shit on camera, I think she would be done by now. She'd be canceled, especially with the whole movement that's happening right now. And it was time that this is finally happening. Anyway, so I was in Milan, wasn't getting a lot of jobs, was getting rejected. And in that whole thing, it was also cold. I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, I didn't feel at home in Milan. Milan was never one of my favorite places. And in the middle of all that, my grandma passed away in Germany and my agents always told me that I was too big you know I I was I'm like I'm always a little bit more of a muscular guy I always love working out and for fashion week especially they told me to be skinny and skinny and skinny to fit all these designer jackets and I was literally starving myself I remember in Milan sometimes I would like just I don't even drink coffee but I would drink coffee sometimes just to like kill my appetite I would be so hungry I would go to bed wake up the next day but even though I was hungry my face felt kind of bloated because when I would eat I would sometimes eat not so healthy stuff because Milan is not the healthiest place right so I would have like a can of tuna with a slice of pizza or something like no carbs it was just not not healthy and not sustainable right so I was doing all that I felt terrible I was so skinny I didn't feel like myself I didn't feel confident I wasn't getting a lot of jobs and then I had to go back and basically cancel Milan fashion week to see my grandma's funeral and then I was like fuck this all you know I'm not going to change who I am. I'm not gonna be that skinny fashion model that I'm not naturally just to please an industry. I went back to working out again. If that cost me as a modeling job, so be it, but I'm gonna feel better about myself. So then I went back to New York City, I started eating healthy again, I started working out, and all of a sudden I was put into a different category, which is more of the sexy muscle model, right? More commercially beautiful. I'm not like a high fashion model with crazy features, even though I do have a gap between my teeth, and I hate it as a kid, you know, people made fun of me when I was a kid, but it did make me more unique, and for modeling it's actually great to have some unique features. But then in New York, I realized that there's something else out there. You know, I was doing more commercial modeling jobs. I was getting paid way better. I was actually making a living with modeling, got a new agency and also stayed in New York. I really centered my life around New York. I would stay in New York for like maybe three months. Then I would go back to Germany, maybe do a little modeling trip to Asia, went to Australia for two months for modeling, came back to New York and that was like my rhythm. I was always trying to avoid winter and in that I made amazing experiences. But I realized in modeling, sometimes, <laughs> that's not enough, you know, and sometimes you can work very hard, but you need to bring something else to the table, right? And especially for those sexy kind of models, like the one I was doing underwear photo shoots and stuff, you have to also, first of all, have social media that really helps. And that's why my agent from very young age, I never had Instagram. I opened my Instagram when I started modeling because my agent told me, Mar, you need, you need to be on Instagram. He actually told me what to post and stuff because at, at castings nowadays, they ask you a uh, name, Agency, number of followers, literally in that order. So if you have more followers, you have an advantage over other people, right? And that's also how you can get test shootings, how you get discovered, people can talk about you, right? So I started taking social media more seriously and I started getting approached by photographers on social media to do test shoots, right? And sometimes those test shoots can be a little bit sexy. I mean, there's a lot of photographers who are not gonna shoot any of your fashion stuff that you need for your portfolio, you know, well-styled, fashion editorial pictures with a suit or something, they're not gonna shoot those unless 
you also shoot naked pictures with them. And that is one thing I wish somebody had told me when I was younger. You know, I wish I, I had some more guidance because unfortunately the fucked up thing is that you're a young model, you're in a highly competitive industry, you don't know what you can ask for, you don't know what you're worth. And then a photographer who's above you, who can potentially book you for jobs, who can take amazing pictures of you that might help your career, is asking for some sexual things of you. And that situation, I gotta be honest, I was not always strong enough. It was always such a big, big ah, desire of mine to please everybody. I, always, I was always a people pleaser. You know, I could not deal with conflict. I'm, a, I'm an only child. My parents like split up. I was always alone a lot. So I, I always wanted everybody to like me, you know, in school or whatever I did. So I, it's so hard for me to say no. So I sometimes did things I didn't want to do. You know, I took some naked pictures that I, I didn't want to do. And one time they also got leaked without my consent. And then I had to spend so much time trying to get those off the internet and all this stuff. It really affected my modeling career. I felt judged by people. I, I didn't like it. Even even though some of the pictures were hot and sexy, I just didn't feel comfortable while shooting them. And then um, you get used to it though. That's the thing, you know, <laughs> at some point it's normal that a photographer makes some remarks and if people like flirt with me or say some like sexual harassment comments or something, like one time we were shooting, he would say, he would say something like, uh, oh, your dick looks great in those pants. I wish I was gay. Then I would like give you a blowjob, right? And that's something that's not even, didn't even bother me anymore. Some people would be like, oh my God, that's crazy. But I gotta be honest, you just get so jaded. And that was like a new normal for me. And then the bar kept raising and raising and raising higher and higher. And I was getting some jobs because of my sexy photo shoots. I'm fully aware that I did benefit from being sexualized. And it's, it's fucked up because I didn't have any other source of income as a model. And then it went to a whole new level and I'm probably gonna make a separate video talking about this on this channel as well. Uh, I went to China and um, a few times that happened where like photographers would say, hey, if, if they can give me head, they would offer me a magazine cover, like straight up was offered that a few times, even in Germany. Uh, but then went to China and long story short, I don't make it into a long thing, but uh, it was uh, a boss of a company I modeled for and the basically I had dinner with them and then he gave me ketamine, it's a drug, and I took a little bit, was very careful with it and it completely knocked me out and I was assaulted. I was sexually assaulted back then. And um, it's, first of all, I was like, Oh, it's just another experience. I moved on, never talked about it ever. Like for three years, I didn't tell anybody, didn't talk about it to, with anybody. I almost forgot it until it kind of came up and I need, felt that I need to share it on YouTube. And then it released a huge thing of emotions after because it is hard, especially as a man, to admit to something like sexual harassment. And unfortunately, especially in modeling, men are probably victims of sexual harassment more often than women because the industry is just, uh, especially for men, it's run by gay men, it's very sexualized. So uh, yeah, that's something very negative about the modeling industry. I don't wanna say everything is negative, but that made me kind of rethink it all, right? And also I felt modeling was always a little bit one-dimensional. I couldn't really express myself. I always had the need to express myself. I always considered myself very intelligent. You know, I quit my studies in Berlin to become a full-time model, but I didn't feel fulfilled just doing modeling, right? So I started doing other things, you know, and one of those things was also filming YouTube videos. And that's when I started my first New York Fashion Week. I just took out my camera and I created a little vlog just to capture what happened at Fashion Week. So I can look back in 10 years and be like, wow, Mario, you used to be a ripped fashion model back there. Now you're a fat married husband. I don't know. Just like something like that, right? So I uploaded a video, not for views, just for myself basically. And I checked back and it got like 60,000 views. And I was like, whoa, 
this shit works, right? I didn't, I didn't know this was possible on YouTube and then I got questions about my fitness routine and I started getting more and more into YouTube, right? So I was traveling with modeling, but at the same time I was building a YouTube audience. And I think that's very important if you're a model because you have resources to amazing people. You can network with people. I was literally partying with Victoria's Secret models. I met a lot of celebrities while I was in New York just because I was a model. It just gives you access to people, but then it's very important to pivot because you have a shelf life as a model and most models, you have some some models like high fashion models. You see them; they pop in for like two seasons. They're on top of the freaking world. They're booking every single campaign. They're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, but then they just die off because their looks not in anymore or something like that, you know. And then you got to see what you're gonna do because you have no education and it's very unpredictable. Like modeling can go up like this, like it did for me in the beginning, and then it can kind of go down. And then for me, it like it really was stagnant at some point. And after I got more and more into YouTube, I realized that. I don't see myself doing modeling for my whole life. And then slowly YouTube became more and more important than modeling. I even did a modeling trip like two years ago when I went to Korea, mainly for YouTube content. I made some money as a model, but I could also vlog it, share some fitness tips, have amazing experiences and travel the world. And now just this year, I was almost done with modeling. You know, I moved to Los Angeles. I thought I was gonna stay there forever. You know, I felt really good finally setting down. And after six years of traveling full-time, not having a home, I felt like, yo, I can actually setting down, maybe open up to relationships. I'm very close with Travis Bryan, my best friend in LA, which I didn't have before. And then coronavirus happened and quarantine happened. And I was stuck at home and I felt like this urge because I'm so used to traveling, exploring new things. And there's a 12 year old inside me that just loves this lifestyle. I actually feel at home on an airplane. It sounds fucking crazy. But when I'm on an airplane, I feel like I'm at home because I was traveling so much for modeling and that moving on represented something new. And that gives me comfort. Other people, are scared of airplanes or they're scared of moving on. For me, having a place that I own kind of weighs me down and scares me. And that's why now looking out into the modeling world, I'm 26 years old right now. So as a man, that's not bad. You can still do some modeling jobs, but I think I'm not done modeling yet. I thought I was, but I still want to do more. I want to explore some more. I still want to travel to Mexico for a modeling trip. For me, it's not about making money at this point, but if I can live in Mexico for a couple months as a model, make some money, meet some people, create some YouTube content, entertain some people, then that's what I want to fucking do. That sounds amazing. I still want to go to the Philippines for a full three months, just living there, modeling. I have a videographer now who's traveling with me, a very good friend of mine, Constantine. So that is the shit I want to do with modeling. I don't see it as a full-time career or as a thing, as a main source of making money, but it just enabled me to travel the world, to challenge myself and to just meet new people. And I think that's what life is about. So if you're an aspiring model, then great. I think modeling is fucking amazing, but be aware of the harshest competition you can find out there. Be aware that it's very unstable. It can go up and down and be aware that it's not as glamorous as most people think. So that is the first video I made on this channel. Make sure to like this video, make sure to subscribe and comment below any question you have because I'm going to have an it's a me uncensored Q and a on this channel where I'm going to answer your questions with no fucking holding back very raw, very uncensored. I cannot wait to see you in my next video next week. I love you guys always keep speaking your truth always keep smiling and i'll see you guys in my next video